Welcome to the Twisted Conservative Podcast, Episode 11. Thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Hopefully you enjoyed a couple weeks off there. I am very excited to be back with a new series I'm starting now called our Focus on Freshmen series, where I'll be interviewing a different freshmen coming into Austin this year, some representatives and senators. And we're starting today off with Miss Molly White of Temple, Texas. And I think the best quote to describe Molly actually came from my friend Luke Macias in a Tribune article where he said, I really do believe that the left or the liberal side of the aisle really doesn't know what to do with a representative like Molly White. Their war on women mantra really falls on deaf ears when it comes to Representative White. And I believe that's true. Molly is a little bit of a soft-spoken woman, as you'll hear in our interviews, but that does not mean she is not a powerhouse. Uh, She will be a player in Austin, I am certain of that, and she will go after uh, the bills and the uh, the, and the issues that she is interested in her and her constituents are interested in with great fervor. Uh, she, as you'll get to hear her story on why she is passionately uh, pro-life in this interview as well. And uh, one of the issues you don't hear many of uh, conservatives speak of is helping those in poverty and how a uh, limited and small government does help those in poverty versus uh, highly regulated uh, government. So I hope you enjoy this series, which beginning with Molly White. Next week I'll have on uh, Representative Matt Rinaldi, and we'll keep going from there. We'll also start to talk about some very specific bills in, in the introduction soon and how you can get involved. Well, folks, I am so excited to have uh, Representative Molly White, uh, that is official now, to have her as the first guest on our Focus on Freshmen series. And uh, just this is your first time in elected office. Is that correct, Molly, or have you been uh, – have you run for something before? Well, I ran for school board some years ago. Okay, it's been so long I don't remember. <laughs> but if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have been elected to that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I ran for school board and then did nothing for many, many years except uh, real involved in pro-life work. And, and then the opportunity came up for me to run for state representative in District 55, and I jumped on it. And you actually took out, um, it was... Ralph Sheffield. Ralph Sheffield. Okay, fantastic. Ralph was seeking his fourth term, and um, he wasn't holding up to his responsibilities as a state representative. And and I I had seen that myself. um, But it was mostly because it was the right time for me to run. Mm-hmm. So you so you ran obviously you you were able to win and then you had a did you have a Democrat in the general election? No, I don't. We live in a very strong Republican district, and I okay. did not have a, a Democrat or a 
libertarians run against me. Ah, so you had it. Uh, you've had it pretty easy. You've known you were uh, pretty going to coast through for the last few months. Congratulations. So you've Thank had a lot you, of, yeah. of fun. <laughs> and um, you've had a lot of time to plan. And I know you've actually got a great staff with you. I actually know. I think most of your staff members. Uh, you have uh, Trent uh, Trent Williams. Yes. And he you've will be got my district director. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you have uh, David Hubert. Yep. And Hannah Bell. Yeah. Go ahead. Great staff. Yeah, and I actually know all of them through Patriot Academy. So um, Hannah didn't attend Patriot Academy, but she's been there. And, well, technically I know Hannah from HB2. Uh, She is a fantastic speaker. Right. That's how I met her, and... When I was asking around uh, for a chief of staff, uh, through other chief of staff that I knew, uh, her name came up, and and I thought, this is going to be the gal for me. And I did, but I did interview several others, but Hannah and I fit like hand in glove, and so I was very excited to uh, get her and look forward to, to our first session together. Well, I, I have found that the people that uh, work best in the legislature uh, really are the people that have great staff, uh, especially for those of us that are activists. You know, It's not easy for most activists to pick up and, and call the representative, so we need mm-hmm. to get to know the staff. And if you've got great staff there, then we are confident that messages can get to you and that the people will be able to, to stand uh, with you and get um, and get those messages out. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's very important. I'm very happy with what I who I have serving with me. So tell us uh, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, we've not had a lot of time to to really sit down too much. I know that you're very involved in in the pro life movement, and if you want to tell uh, that story as as well, but tell us um, just a little bit about your about your life. Let us get to know you a little bit. Well, okay, I'll start with um, my family. I'm the daughter of a retired Army colonel who was a Huey pilot in both Korea and Vietnam. Um, from what we know, probably one of the highest decorated Vietnam soldiers as far as uh, helicopter pilots go. And uh, he and my mom uh, were transferred here in 1973 in Bell County, Belton, Texas. Uh, he was transferred to Fort Hood to be settled in Belton. And I've lived in Belton since 1973, graduated from high school there. I did go off to college to Angeles State and Texas A&M, um, and then quit school and went to work. Um, some years later, you know, I... I um, you know, got married. I have three kids, two grandchildren. Married a man from Belton. He's a small business owner. Um, then I graduated uh, from the University of Mary Harden Baylor. I, after my first son was born, back in 1982, I got real involved in, uh, or 83. Sorry, I got involved in more more involved in politics. And by the time my daughter came around 10 years later, I was uh, 
you know, got real active in the Republican Party, working on campaigns, um, uh, working on local campaigns, state campaigns, national campaigns, going to the um, conventions, both state and national. Um, and, and so that, you know, has given me a lot of political experience. I've been lobbying in Austin for the past 13 years on pro-life, pro-family bills mainly. Um, but mm-hmm. during that time, I was very fortunate to be able to serve on a conservative committee to save a special groups that we would get together and talk about the session and, and what bills we'd like to get passed. And I really focused uh, my efforts on the pro-life bills. Um, I got involved in pro-life um, activism about 13 years ago, and mainly there it was through an opportunity to um, to talk or to educate people about life after abortion. Really, I had two abortions as a young woman. Uh, first one, uneducated choice, and the second was succumb to pressure. Uh, that was unwanted and very traumatizing. Uh, both of them uh, were very painful choices that came with a lot of consequences. And I'd met the Lord um, and gone through a lot of abortion recovery and healing. And this opportunity with Operation Outcry came up that I could use my testimony to educate people and to change laws. I jumped on it. And from that, going around the state, around the country, around the world, sharing testimony and educating people on the abortion issue, training people to become activists, working with government to provide better solutions for pregnant women. Uh, that kept me busy for, for 13 years, and I've loved every minute of it. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for being willing to, to speak out uh, about that. Uh, no, I, I had no idea um, there were so many uh, post-abortive women involved in the pro-life movement until I got involved down during HB2 where I met so many women, and during the Let Texas Speak rally, we, we let so many of those women uh, just share their testimony, and, and it was a common thread that they had either been pressured in their youth to have an abortion or just uh, felt they had no other choice um, to well, do and, so. And then, and then not being educated, not be, not given the truth and the facts when you go to an abortion clinic. They're yes. not going to tell you the truth about fetal development or about the risk because they would lose 99.9% of their customers or their patients. So, so it's... It, deceptive, it is exploitation, um, it is uh, pressure from outside sources. Um, like you said, a lot of them were fear-driven, so it, it's not a good solution for women or men. Yeah, and it was interesting, um, especially since the other side likes to call themselves pro-choice when there seems to be so little choice and information out there for, for women that are seeking that at that time. Exactly. And they fight. They fight every bit of legislation that would help women have an educated choice, you know, and, and, and safeguard women from being exploited 
and safeguard their health. They fight every bit of it, tooth and nail. And it is just so, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm blank, but it's just, it's outrageous. You know, it's outrageous. It's very deceptive. Uh, Yeah. But I uh, was talking, um, sorry, I was reading some articles recently. One was an interview with a, uh, Sharon Osbourne, Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Uh, yes. Obviously the rock star fame, and, and uh, she had put out that apparently when she was 17, she'd had an abortion, and um, 